It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right, Eric, bring us in the prayer, Eric. Okay. Um, the Most High, we come to you to your throne. The Bible says that your throne is a throne of fire. And we come before you. We come boldly to the to your throne, and we ask you to use Brother Daquan tonight to fashion seven spirits. That you speak of in Revelation chapter five verse six to Brother Daquan and to all my other brothers and sisters on the phone tonight, lead and guide us into the truth. You say your law is the truth, and we ask you to do these things in your Son Yahweh Shai's name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord. Lead your mercy toward me. Your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see day after day. Thank you, Lord, forever faithful towards me. You're always providing for me. Great is your mercy toward me. Great is your grace. Great is your mercy towards me. You're always, always providing for me. Great is your mercy toward me. Great is your grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just want to give all praise and glory to the Heavenly Father for blessing us on this conference call. Um, I just want to formally say happy Sabbath, um, Shabbat Shalom to everybody on the call. Shabbat Shalom. Um, this is a, a blessed and a beautiful night tonight to be gathered, you know, amongst, you know, our people again. You know, we are Christ's church, and um, we're going to go, tonight's lesson is going to be entitled The Flesh Versus the Spirit. So this is very important because this is something that a lot of us deal with every day or we battle with as far as what's the difference between our flesh versus our spirit. And yeah. this is why the Messiah, after all the things that we've done in our history, he had to come down here and bring us grace to come back to the Father because in the flesh we've done some things that's been, you know, we've done some bad things that's pissed the most high off. And through his grace and mercy, through his only begotten son, we're, we're gathered here today on this floor you know, as a family to, you know, bring these things out 
so we can learn how to get closer and gain that spiritual uh, 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 that spiritual connection that we once had with the Father, how are we going to bring it back? So it's very, very important that we have to learn how to get that spiritual connection back with our Father and that we have to let go of the things of the flesh and jump into our and tap into our spirit so we can be one like Christ and be on one moment as Christ. Or in the Hebrew, Hamashiach. So um, the first scripture I want is, um, before we start anything, give me somebody, give me Colossians 317. And everybody get it, say Khan. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, family. Khan. Does everybody get it? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Go ahead, Alma. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Yahamashiach, Yahweh Shabbat giving thanks to the Most High and the Yah by Him. So everything that we do in word or deed, we give all praises to Yahweh by Hashem HaMashiach Yahweh In the Hebrew, that just means that we give all praise to the Heavenly Father and through His Son, the Blessed Savior Israel Christ, for the Messiah. So everything that we do in word or deed, we always got to give all praise and glory to our Heavenly Father. So we're going to, um, just to get an understanding of the flesh, there was a prophecy in the Testament that um, the Father said amongst our people because, you know, we became wicked. When we start, I'm going to just um, jump to this thing real quick. There was a time that the Father dealt with men, and that's what we're dealing with creation. And man was made to be of him. We were made to be God. We were made to serve. And we was made to be, you know, and we was made in his image and his likeness, and we was made as God. Until he fell stuck with sin. So there's a prophecy that the Father gave about him dealing with man because of our flesh. So just to get an understanding of where this all, where everything started, we always got to go to the book of Genesis to get an understanding of what's going on with the flesh. So the next scripture I'm going to bring out is Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to read from um, chapter 6 from verse 1 through 8. All right. Everybody get it just like fun. What's going uh, uh, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hi. Harry, you can pick the next one up if you're available. Okay. So everybody get it? Uh, Genesis, I'm going to say it again. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. We're going to stop at verse 8. Okay, Eric. Um, Genesis chapter 6. Con. You said verse 8? No, verses 1 through 8. Okay, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. 
And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. But the sons of the Most High saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall now always strive with man. Stop right there. I want to I want to really start to go into this thing to show y'all what's going on here. It says in verse three, it says, "And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man." We're gonna find Eric. Um, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be as shall be an a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, the sons of the Most High came and took the daughters of men, and they their children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And the Most High saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only was only evil continuing. Let's stop. And it, now you're starting to see now. The father in Genesis, he's dealing with creation, and he's mm-hmm. basically skipping the story up, is that man is doing things wicked in the flesh already. You see? So because of these things that they're doing, going against his will, this is way before we even got a written law. This is his mouth telling man not to do certain things. So now in verse 5, he's telling you the wickedness was great upon the earth. That means that it was, it was a lot. This wasn't a small amount of wickedness. And if anybody knows, if you if you jump to today's uh, time and day, if you look at the world today, you can just go and see and see what's going on with this world. Time. So finish it off on um, verse six. And I'm sorry, keep going. Keep going six. And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him at His heart. Stop right there. It says, and He repented. The heavenly Father Himself repented that He made man. Do you know what that means? That means that He yeah. regretted that He made us in the first place. Because mm-hmm. when you repent, what do you do when you repent? Let's pray. You wash your hands or turn your back. Come now. If the Father's asking for forgiveness, well, there ain't nobody above the Father, so. You have the Father himself repenting that he even made man. That's how evil we are. Now, I want you to to just take a second and think about that for a second, that this is the same man that found that the earth was not pleasant without making man, and now he's he's made man and said, no, 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 I got to repent. Yeah. They are wicked. Yeah, because he said that it was good, and his word is not bought, it's seed, it's life. And to repent for it, when he repent for it, it, it was speaking as, because it, once his word is fulfilled, it's fulfilled. But when he said he got to do something about it, that spoke into life and existence that he would destroy that which not, was not good. Kind. So think about this, y'all. He made us in his likeness and his image, and yet we still fell short. 
that he actually had to go and repent that he made us. Wow. And we're still here to this day. So that just shows you not only we need to be grateful that Christ came for the Messiah team. But this is very important. I told you this earlier today. Go get a chicken. They're in the fridge. Go. So I want everybody to get a real good understanding of we're dealing with a father that loves his people. This is very, very important. We're dealing with a father that loves his people. So I just want you to really take a time to think that this is just showing you that the same person that created us in a perfect image, he actually had to sit there and repent that he made us because of our wickedness. And then you just look at the world today and say, okay, I woke up, I'm now in the truth, and look at the world around you. Look at that red pill you swallow when you realize that you was in the matrix. And this world around you is just nothing but wickedness. So can you read it, Eric? Oh, I can't. I can't no more. All right, come on. Uh, Alma, you could pick him up. Pick up at 7. Uh, pick up at uh, 3-6 again, sister, and keep going. And 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. It said that he it grieved him. What does the word grieve mean, family? It hurts. When something's grieving, it's a sharp pain. So it says that it grieved his heart. That means it hurt. So you wonder why you get so emotional and why you cry and you have so many tears. The father's crying. Yeah. The father's crying, and on he's on his knees praying for repentance and crying that he made man. I want you to really think about that, y'all. And this is why we are emotional people. When something's grieving us so hard, what do we start to do? We start to cry. Yeah. It's a pain that we don't know how to deal with, so we, with the, 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 the emotion that comes out is tears. So I just want you to think about that. Can you read it, Alma? And at seven, and the most high, I will destroy a man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowl of the air. But it repents me and I made them. That's not right there. There's somebody that just came in a call on um, guest seven. So um, just, for, just for time's sake, we're in Genesis chapter six. And we're reading verses 1 through 8 for the person that just came on. So um, I just want to go over this again. It says, for I repented me that I've made them. I read and finish it off. So this is verse 8. And at 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Most High. Let's stop right there. So now this is the story of Noah. 
And anybody that knows the story, I'm not going to go into the story, but just to give you a summary, Noah was the only man chosen basically to survive of the world being destroyed. Mm. Noah and his family. But out of, out of all the people in this world, the most I chose Noah. So it was something that the father seen in Noah that was different from everybody else. And I want you to think about this spiritual connection in your life. There's something that the Lord chose about you to wake you up that the rest of the world is being destroyed while you awoke. Hallelujah. So what favor do you have with the Father that the Father chose you to wake up and not everybody else around you? Because everybody else in this world is being destroyed, the same as Noah, just in the spiritual, not in the flesh, meaning that we're not going through a flesh of a flood, but we're going through a spiritual flood right now with the most High destroying all these people around you, your best friends, your lovers, your, your, your people that's very close to you are being destroyed while you're being awoke. So why did the most High choose you? Because of your zeal and your heart. You seek him and his way. If everybody's on this call has a time to just think about your life, think about everybody that's in your family, whatever number it could be. If your family's big, small, doesn't matter the number, just think about asking yourself, how many people are awoke in your family? But the most I chose you. Time. Let go of your friends. Everybody that you grew up with, Facebook, so forth, social media, your teachers, everybody else is walking in delusion but you. So it's the same way that Noah went through that flood, you're going through a spiritual flood right now around you. So not only did the most I repent for making man, but then he when he before he destroyed man, he found favor in one man. That's the same favor he found when he decided to wake you up and get you out of the delusion. So we're gonna go the next scripture I'm gonna bring out is let's go to um Psalms chapter one nineteen verse one oh four. And when everybody get it, just say con. 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 Psalm chapter 119, verse 104. For those that didn't hear it. Glad I'm going to bring it up, sis. Psalms 119 and at 104. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So what we're about to do now is to get the understanding of this flesh. We're about to bring out some precepts. Kind. I just had to take you out of there because this is how we get understanding. We have to go through this book and we have to find out what's going on here. We have to tap into finding out what is the flesh. Why is man's heart so wicked? The, the most high made man to be perfect and to put him in his image and his likeness, but yet the flesh is always constantly, constantly going on. So the way we're going to do that is through the precepts, we're going to get understanding. So through these scriptures, we're going to get understanding of what the most high is showing us. We're going in the book of Galatians.
So the next, you got you to gotta precept this because I'm going to go to Genesis again. Okay. Well, you, to, um, you can go to Genesis, but I was going, I was heading at Galatians 5 and 17. Well, I'm going to bring that out a little bit later on, sis. Oh, okay. So we're going um, to go back to Genesis real quick, and we're going to go to chapter 6. And this time we're going to jump down to verses 17. Con. And we're going to read from 17 to 22. Con. So remember, I told everybody that, you know, the most I chose Noah to survive this flood, the same way he's chosen you to survive this spiritual flood. So we're going to read a little bit about Noah. So everybody get Genesis chapter 6, <laughs> verse 17. Actually, real quick, before we do 17, we can just read 13 first, and we're going to jump right to 17. I'm going to give you on 13. Um, says read 13, then jump to 17. Okay. Genesis chapter 6 and at verse 13. And the Most High said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with with the earth. And at so now, 17. Okay, go ahead. 17. So now you're seeing that the Most High is telling Noah that man is wicked and he's about to get rid of them. So he's preparing Noah for what he's about to do. Go ahead, sis. We're going to start on read 17. And at 17, and behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Keep going, sis. We're going to stop that. We're going to finish it up at 22. All right, and at 18, but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every salt, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it unto thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that the Most High commanded him. So did he. Now, this is very important, y'all, because this is showing you that before we even had a written law, the Most High dealt with man with his mouth and his words. And what mm-hmm. did Noah do? He was obedient. Mm-hmm. It says in the last verse of 22, it says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. That means that everything that he told him to do, he followed. He didn't talk back. 
He didn't think about it. He didn't say, what about these people? What about those animals? He just did it. Kind. So I just showed you that when you keep the commandments, this is why the, this is why Noah and his family survived the flood. That's the same flood that you're going through spiritually. When you keep these commandments, you're going to survive this this flood that's coming. That's pretty much going to take out two thirds of Israel. So I just want to bring that out to show you that Noah kept the Most High's commandment, and this is why he lived. Why all the other flesh died. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Um, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to go to verse. We're going to read 9 and 10. Hi. Nice thing. Wow. So when everybody gets it, say con. Jeremiah chapter Hi. 17, verse 9 and 10. Con. I'm going to bring it out, sis. Jeremiah chapter 16, 17, and at verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Most High, search the heart and shalaki. I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Hallelujah. So the most I just said in verse 9, that the heart is desperately wicked. So now does anybody know what is the heart? That's the soul of man. Your mind. The heart is your flesh. Oh. Yeah, because out of the heart come all things. Yes, whatever your heart desires is what your flesh does. Yeah, con. That's why I'm, I'm trying to show you guys that this is why the Most High said he searches the heart. Because without the heart, the body can't do nothing. Con. Everything that you do, all your emotions, everything that you channel, all comes through your heart. And this is what draws your flesh to do things that's wicked because whatever you think in your mind, that's what comes to pass in your flesh. All right. Everybody got that? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 and 10. Read that again, sis. Okay, Jeremiah 17 and <clears throat> the heart is and desperate. Who can know it? I, the Most High, 
Search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doing. So the Lord is going to judge you according to your ways and according to your doings of the fruits that you bear. So you have to ask yourself, what kind of fruits are you doing? Kind. So we're going to jump from there, and we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 4. We're going to get some more understanding about this flesh or about the heart. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Okay. Now, I want you to just understand what this story is saying, because this is how a wicked man is, is that when you search the streets to and fro and you can't find out one righteous man, that means we got a problem. Oh, yeah. And as if you look at, like I said, I want everybody to look at not just from just an old biblical perspective, look at everything for what's going on right now in this world. If you could sit there, if the Father came to you right now and said um, such and such, I want you to go out there in the streets, the highways and the hedges, and find me one righteous man or one righteous woman, how many of you can actually say you think you could find one? And God. Think about it, y'all. You could, what we're going to go into next is you're going to see that even Abraham had Abraham challenged the father and said, Lord, don't destroy them. I can go find you somebody. The Lord said, okay, I'm going to gamble with you. Show me if you can find me one. And this man searched the cities up and down, to and fro, couldn't find one. Both sides said, I do, I do you one better. If you could find me one righteous, I won't destroy the city. That's the same thing you're going to read now and we're going to read in Jeremiah. If you can find me one. So bring that uh, out, sis. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1. Bring that out, sis. And at verse 1, run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof. If ye can find a man, if there be any that executed judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. Now look at that. The Father said, you can find me one that seeketh the truth. How many of y'all can sit there and go into the streets and the hedges and find me somebody that's seeking the truth? No. No, all of them running to the church and getting that false good. Con. That's that's where the truth is at. They think the truth is in the church. They think the truth is in religion. They think it's on YouTube watching Kemet and all these darn follies or these mockeries of the Bible come out there and start speaking these eloquent words to draw these people that they want to hear these smooth things. Con. That's where they think the truth is. Or the truth is on Facebook watching the Hebrews debate. 
But what do it get you? Don't gain nothing. You can't. Not by the watching man. others. You've got to partake of the fruit. Because. So read that again sis, before we read up to four. Read that one one more time. Read five and one. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof. If ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that speaketh the truth, and I will pardon it. Now, this wasn't on my agenda, but I just want to take y'all. We're going to jump somewhere real quick because the Spirit is leading me here. Uh, we're going to go back to this. But Alma, give me Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Mark chapter 8 at 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Read that again, sis. And at 36, Mark 8. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So what does that profit a man? Now, we just said that the truth is in the churches. So these men are profiting millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of teaching our people folly and falsehood. So what is it getting? All that riches and gold to lose your soul because you're teaching our people lies. That's the wickedness of the flesh, that the flesh desires money before the Father. So you can have the whole world and still lose your soul. What is that profit to you? And you have to ask yourself, you ask yourself, you look on TV, and you see these men constantly every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, sucking and leeching and drying out our people, taking all their money, teaching them falsehood. More richer than you can ever be. But all that profit they have, but yet their soul is going right to the lake of fire. Mm. So what is that profit? It's a waste. It's a waste. But this is what our people love to hear. That's their truth. The heart leads them to these emotions to listen to these speakers. And this is what this is what God is telling me to do. Or they convince themselves to say this guy be a man of the most high because he's rich. Say the right word, emotion. <laughs> because Satan plays with your emotion. That's why I said when we served when we first started, I said that we are rarely we are very emotional people. So we don't use our spiritual mind. We use our emotions, which is our heart. And we're going to bring out something about that. Because, see, the heart deceives man. You know what, too, brother? Can later on, Paul really explains the question of Romans 7. We're going to get into it. I mean, he lets it all out. We're going to bring it up. So I just wanted to really go there real quick just to show you, and I'm going to bring out another precept on top of that. 
Uh, let's go back to Jeremiah 5, and I'm going to bring out this last precept, and we're going to keep going with Jeremiah 5. Come, we at Jeremiah 5 and verse 2. Yeah, hold on, sis. I'm going to bring out this other precept. All right. Give me your Proverbs 28 26, sis. Everybody jump to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. And then we're going to go back to Jeremiah here. Okay. Everybody there? Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. Read that, Alma. He that trusted in his own heart is a fool. But whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Now hear that? Read that one more time, sis. He that trusted in his own heart is a fool. But whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. And this is why our people are being burned up in the flesh, because we trust in our heart. So that's your emotions. Yeah, that's your emotions. That's all it is. That's your emotions. Well, this got to be the truth. This brother sounds very eloquent. He speaks very good. You know, everything he says sounds like it's 100. It got to be the truth. Well, I see this guy dancing on the stage with all this money on the floor, but you know what? That's just the most high to show you that he blesses us. Yeah. You got your evil heart, and you got your eyes and your ears, and all three of them are dead. It's so You know what, too, Quan? Sometimes we see desire and stuff in our heart, and then when it comes, we think it's Come repeat that. I, I couldn't hear you. I said sometimes when we're desiring things in our hearts and it comes along, we be thinking it's the most time. Con. Yeah, and he'll, he'll put it in your way because he cannot get to you until it's out of your way. Yeah. So be careful what you ask for because you will get it. Go get it. Con. Let's go back to Genesis, um, Jeremiah chapter five. Um, sis, just for um, just read one again and just read the whole thing down to four. Okay, Jeremiah chapter five and at verse one, run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say, the, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, I learn the truth. Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. 
They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore, I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they have not the way of the Most High, nor the judgment of their God. Hallelujah. I just want to jump jump back to verse 3. It says, O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? He's asking him a question. He says, Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have not refused to receive correction. How many times do we go out there and tell our people that they are true people of the book, or they're the Jews or the Hebrews of the Bible, and they don't want to—they don't want to receive correction that they're not Christians. Huh. That they're not Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, African Americans. Oh, God loves everybody. You name it. How many times you try to give your people correction? They don't want to hear it. They call you. You go out there to the streets, the hedges. You go into your family, your loved ones, and you're letting them know, listen, that flesh that you have, that heart that you had that drew you to that church or drew you to that thing that's, that's not of this world or none of this world, it's off. How many times do they sit there and say, oh, you know what, you're right. Let me find out what you're doing. Let me jump to the, uh, uh, on the Hebrew wave. No, they want to stay in that doctrine, and they want to argue you down and tell that they're right and you're wrong. Yeah. You will lose all, you will lose, uh, 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 I would say you could lose three-fourths of all, uh, darn near almost all your family to tell them that, that, that this is the truth, that their flesh and their heart is fools. I don't know about y'all, but you call somebody a fool today what they think they know, and that's fighting words. <coughs> Nobody wants to hear somebody call them a fool especially the fact of them being well in age that they've been doctrinated by so long. Their heart is telling them, listen, this is what I like, this is what I like to hear, this is what I need to be, and this is it. This is my flesh. Mm-hmm. They'll argue that because they know if they are any kind of way biblically learned, they know that the Most High, when he calls a man foolish, it's not a good thing. Those are fighting words. They don't want. They don't want to be known as not good. Well, yeah, so this, this, do our Jackson. But now, if everybody's um, everybody clear with that, because we're going to really start getting to the meat of this thing where the father, Abraham, is dealing with the father now, and we're going to find out how wicked, how really, how wicked our people really are. So we just read about Genesis, about the world being destroyed because of the most high repentant that he even made man. Now we're going to follow a little story about Abraham and his journey with the father and what the father told him. So everybody, let's jump to Genesis chapter 18, and we're going to read from verses 20 to 33. So let's go back a little bit. Genesis chapter 18, verse 20. Genesis 
Everybody get it, just say con. Con. This is a city, a very famous city in history called Sodom and Gomorrah. And anybody that doesn't know about Sodom and Gomorrah, this was a city where pretty much everything that you see, I live in New York. So if anything, everybody knows anything about the village, from anything of being close to New York or knowing some history about the village or, what, you know, there was a group called the Village Men, that's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. A whole bunch of folly and homosexuality was going down. I mean, what they call, they call it uh, Rennes Village, right? Gone. So in New York City, if you ask anybody about the village, They'll tell you that the village is pretty much where all the homosexuals live in midtown, well, downtown Manhattan. That's like the richest, that's like the richer areas of the city. And it's funny because the richest areas is where the abominations are. That's, that's how that just shows you what kind of world we live in. what you say, Eric? I said they got a, they got a village like this up north in Chicago. Gone. They got one down here in Ohio, in Lakewood. What is it called, sis? Oh, <laughs> we call it Fag Town. They call it, they, here in Chicago, it's called Boys Town. That's the name of okay, the name. So the nickname, we know the nickname Rose got for it. What's the name that they, what's the name that they call it in um, Ohio, sis, the regular name? I don't know. I just know okay. Lakewood is known for all the homosexuals. That's, and they even got the flag. They even have the flag of um of it in downtown. We yeah, got one. The they used to um with New York City, they would only let the gay parade be done in um the village. And because of that right that gay rights movement being passed, they actually shut down the whole Fifth Avenue, the shopping district, to let them do the gay parade now. They started it last year or the year before. We have the whole gay parade. We have an amusement park called um, Cedar Point, one of the biggest amusement parks worldwide, and they shut it down for one day for homosexuality only. Wow. And it's one of the biggest worldwide amusement parks. So this is why we're going to show you the foundation of homosexuality in the Bible and what the Mosai said about these people that was in this town and they were this city and he was doing these things that you guys see in all your cities today that everybody thinks is cool, you know, we can't say nothing to them, let them do their own thing, all that stuff that the Europeans don't transform your mind to believe that this is right. When the Father tells you Old and New Testament that this is an abomination to his people. And your heart is deceitful. It tells you, oh, well, she's in your family, he's in your family, so it's cool. No, it's not cool. doesn't matter if they're related to you or they're not related to you. Homosexuality is homosexuality. It goes for all Israel. Those that's awoken and those that's not awoken. Shalom. Um, somebody just came in from Virginia. It's the boy. Shalom. Hey, Shalom. Um, we just going over. You just got to the good part. We're going into Sodom and Gomorrah about the flesh. Okay. I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm listening. If you want to um, help read, um, we're going to start at, um, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 18, 
And we'll start at verse 20. So if you want to help out, let me know. Okay. Who are you now? Um, it was Alma reading, so I don't want to put all the strain on her. I'm, I'm going to let you guys split it. Yeah, I split it with her. Fine. Right. So everybody, everybody give me um, Genesis chapter 18, and we're going to read from verses 20 to 33. Um, just to give you some summary or just a little breakdown of what we, um, we were talking about, Keith, is that we went over how the Most High destroyed the world, and he repented that he even made the world because it was so wicked. Uh-huh. It actually grieved him that he even made man. He actually cried because he made man. Yeah, all of the wickedness. Kind. So just to show you that even after that, he gave us another chance, yet he brought us to a new world, and yet we start doing the same thing all over again, y'all. If you guys look at the world today, pornography and homosexuality is the biggest things in the world today. All Hollywood, all that stuff. It's a bunch of Europeans pushing out people to be a bunch of homosexuals. Yeah, I'm being gay. Have you not done with Team um, Rainbow? It's over. And just to show you how wicked this world is, not to go off topic, but does anybody know what the rainbow is in the Bible? The rainbow was the signifying he was done with the flood. Con, they took in the Most High's covenant with Noah that he gave him a rainbow to remind him that he would never destroy us again by water, and it turned into a gay sign, y'all. Yeah. Mm. Straight disrespect. They took the Most High's holy rainbow and made it a gay flag. That just shows you how evil the Europeans are, what they feel to the Most High, how they feel to the Most High. So I just let you know what kind of enemy we're dealing with. Okay, my, my, I got my out here, too. He's listening, too. What'd you say, I? I said I got my out here. He's listening. Kind, kind. Uh, just to let him know, if you hear the word kind, brother, that just means okay in Hebrew. Because mm-hmm, he, he knew he don't know anything. All right, good. So just to let him get an understanding, if you hear the word kind a lot, just let him know that the word kind just means okay or cool in Hebrew. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Eric, yeah, you were saying something, brother? No, I was saying it's, you know, it's accepted in the Christian church, too. It is. If you guys look at the Christian church, I even remember before I left, that they will put the biggest choir members that could so-called sing, they're the leaders of the Don Shaw Choir. It's homosexual. Right. Yeah. Um, look at it. I'm over here trying to get the word of God, and I got a word of watching a feminine man jump around the dawn stage and acting more women, act more feminine than my own woman. That's that's an uh-huh. abomination. And, and you think that that's not a problem? You st- and, 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 and it hurts my heart when I will watch people look at these people carry themselves in that manner and not even feel no type of way at all. It used to make me sick to my stomach. They've been programmed that it's cool, huh? Fun. And it's sad because, like I said, you know, if anybody um, that's not familiar with the story, if you go back and read Genesis, um, the most High used the rainbow or the bow. You see it says the bow. It's the rainbow, same thing if you go to the Hebrew. Um, the rainbow was to signify the covenant or the contract that the Father gave with Noah that he said that from your generations, because you obeyed my voice, that will never destroy the world again by water. That's why we read about the Messiah. When the Messiah comes, he's not destroying with water. He's coming with fire. 
because of the wickedness of his land. So, story we in Genesis chapter 18. And that's chapter 18 and at verse 20. Yeah, um, um, Keith is going to bring it out. You got it, Keith? Okay. Chapter 18, verse 20? Yeah, start from there. All the way to 33. Done. It says, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is grievous, very grievous, Salakis, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. If the man turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, well, that, that wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now, hold on. I want you to stop right there. I, so now Abraham jumped up and said, hold <laughs> on, Lord. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Now, Lord, I see what you see, and I know what you're about to do. But hold up. Uh-huh. What about the righteous? And I want, you to, I want to show you what the father told him. He read out. And said, peradventure. There be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that there are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be also the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, Kind. And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. Now, hold on. The Abraham's first plea with the father was 50. He went a little, that's a little, that's a high number. He said yeah. 50, Lord. He didn't even say one. He just said 50. Lord said, okay, Abraham, I love you. So give me, you got 50. So find me 50. Can you read it? said and it's 27. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am, which am be dust and ashes. Peradventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. So now he's going down to 45. I can't get 50. What about 45, Lord? Keep going, Ike. And he, and he spake unto him yet again and said, Peradventure, there shall be, 40, shall be 40 found there. And he said, I will not do it for the 40's sake. You want me to keep going, Ike? Keep going, I'll finish it off. Keep going. Huh. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall 30 be found there. He said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, O Lord, he said, Salaki, and he said, O let, o let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, 10 shall be found there. And he said, 
I will not destroy him for ten sake. And the Lord went his way. As soon as he Salaki and the Lord went his way, as soon as he had left communion with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. You see? So you tell me, did Abraham find anybody? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. We started with the number 50, and not even you can't even count to 10 before we got down to zero. He can't find nobody. Mosai dipped off. He said, I'm out of here. I'm gone. <laughs> Mosai said, I'm gone. I started you up with 50, and you couldn't even find me all the way down to one, all the way down to 10, and you couldn't give me none. That's how wicked we are. So I got to ask you guys a question. If I sent you guys to the cities in Jeremiah chapter 5 to go look for a righteous man in these places that we described as being homosexual, could you find me 50? No. Not without the direction of the Holy Spirit, no. See? And before you know, we're going to be right back in Abraham's time where we're going to be down to zero. And the most I said, I'm out of here. That's how wicked man is. That we couldn't even go into a city and find us righteous men amongst thieves or amongst or robbers or spoilers. So I just want you to think about that for a second. When you guys go out there to the highways and the hedges, how many times you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, can I find somebody that's worthy of coming to this fold? But like I said, the father chose you. Out of all your family, your siblings, your brethren, the most I found some type of favor in you to choose you out of everybody else. So it got to be uh, something that's special about y'all that you guys are, are awoken. Somebody call me? No. So the next scripture we're going. Everybody, um, everybody clear with that? Anybody got a question? All right, Khan. So now we're going to jump. So we already get. We're going to start getting some more. We're going to get some meat in this thing. Let's go to um Psalms chapter fifty-one, verse one. Let's find out what King David said. Time. And I want you to read from um sis when you get it, get on read from verses one through eight. Okay. I have it. Psalm everybody fifty one. Say, everybody say when you um, when you get it, say con. Psalm chapter fifty one, verse one through eight. Con. Go ahead, I sis, bring question. it up. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, it, it's, it's more like a, a fact. Um, so since Noah, I'm going back real quick. Since Noah and his family were the only ones that were saved, and now in, in today's world, we're more wicked and more evil than what we were then, it just, it just, makes, me, it just makes me wonder. I mean, I know... <laughs> The scripture says 12,000 out of each 12, you know, 12, what is it, 12,000, 1,200,000 out of each tribe. Heck, you can't even find one in your, your neighborhood, let alone your town. No. That is that's, that's the elect, sis. That's the elect. 
But what you I'm trying to say is, see, um, the Quran said, if we go to the cities and, and see if we find at least one person that is righteousness, you can't. But you can. Look at you. It's in you. That's why it's kind. That's why I was going with this, sis. Yeah, that's you what can't you find. You may, You have to look at it from a from a spiritual perspective, sis. Is that out of all these cities that we've been going, everybody that's on this conference call is here for a reason. That's what she's trying to show you, sis. So the Most High, he said, "Okay, I'm gonna search the earth, and I'm gonna go to these cities. I'm gonna go to Ohio. I'm gonna go to Virginia. I'm gonna go to South Carolina, New York." Let me find out of that family, that phone. Give me one. And everybody's on his conference call right now. And he calling you out of your dry places. He drawing you. So that's why I told you, sis, when you look in that mirror, you have to realize how special you are that the Father chose you to wake up. There's something about you that he's finding favor and you don't—you probably don't know what it is because you're so used to yourself that you don't realize. And I tell people this all the time. Because we didn't grow up under the Torah laws, you probably don't even realize how many commandments that you actually do keep without even knowing them. Without knowing. Because you don't read it and because you wasn't taught it in church, you probably don't, you wake up every day and don't even realize how many commandments that you actually do follow versus the ones that you break. Mm-hmm. And... The father said that he has to hold strong to his word. So because he has to do that, you bless this. You may not see it, but we just read in Jeremiah, he said he searches the heart. So, yeah, you may be filled, you may feel like you're filthy in your flesh, but your heart is, best what? Your heart is beautiful. He knows you mean right. He knows you want to do right. He knows you want to serve him. He knows you believe in him. That's why he loves you. And that your heart's cry. So forget about the outer you, oh, uh, the rose of I got long hair and I'm, 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 you know, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm pretty. No, he doesn't care about the flesh. He searches the heart. Mm-hmm. Do you mean right? You know, when you do something wrong to your brothers and sisters, do you apologize? Mm-hmm. When you see your brothers and sisters in need, do you feed them? Do you tell your kids, I love you? These are things the Lord's looking for. The simple things that keep us drawn to the Father. To draw people that want to be around you. That's why he said, how many fruits are you bearing? So when you do those acts or you do those works, the, the, the people want to be next to you. I want to be next to Sister Rose. I want to be next to Keith. There was something about that brother I don't know what it is, but, yo, that's a good brother. Uh, that's your fruits because your heart loves the Lord. So even when you do wrong, the most I know that you want to do right, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Father, yeah. I'm sorry. That's why when we're going to read about King David. King David was sin a lot, but he will always pray and ask forgiveness because he loved the Father. His flesh was wicked for what he didn't, and we're going to read about that. But his heart was always for the Lord. And that's why the Father favored him so much. Because in all his downfalls, 
he always came to the Father and admitted it. Lord, I'm sorry. Purge me, purge me, clean me, I'm sorry. My flesh is weak. Hide me, Lord. Put me in your, your righteous place. Take me to your mountains. How many of us how many of us can sit there on this phone today and say we do that? That we ask the Lord to hide our shame and to bring forth our beauty. Mm-hmm. So Rose, yes, sis, it's not a lot of people out there that you're gonna find that's gonna come into this fold. But guess what? You here. And if you do find people, they're they're still blind. What you said, sis? I said, and if you do, I mean, I'm just speaking from my own experience, and I know how I feel on a daily basis. On daily, daily, I try to walk spiritually, but. When there's someone that calls themselves Israelites and they still sin, that's that's no better than someone that isn't an Israelite. Well, you got to understand, sisters, that the Bible says if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So our flesh causes us to sin, but we all we we um the Bible says you're supposed to when you fall. You're supposed to get up. The problem is, is that the ones that's calling themselves Israelites, they're not getting up. They're just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into a ditch. Mm-hmm. All right. Can, can we go to Matthew 1 and 21 right quick? Hmm. So I'm going to show you real quick, sis, is that it's not that we're not going to sin. Nobody's going to, you're not going to walk up, you're not going to wake up and go and find you walk outside and see an Israelite that's so perfect that he can't, his, his, I mean, he can't make a mistake. We all make mistakes. But and I, I I totally understand that, but then there's some of them that are so evil. Regardless if you know, if they ask the most high for forgiveness, but they're still evil. Well that's, all right. we're we're gonna say, that's why we're gonna keep showing you about the flesh of those that's not trying to change. See there's a difference of the men and women that have a righteous heart that's sinning versus the ones that have an evil heart. That's not the same thing, sis. Right. Well, you let's, know let's who first, you are be evil. Let's first go to Matthew 12 and 43 first before we go. Come on, come on. Let's go there. So I just want to show, sis, that don't get it twisted, sis. Just because you you have to know the, the discernment of you got people that's awoken that's just generally evil, and you got mm-hmm. people that actually want to get better. That's, mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's part of being human. Mm-hmm. Just because you know you're an Israelite doesn't change the fact of you being wicked. A lot of people know they're Israel. Like I told, I tell everybody a story about my mother. I said, Mom, why didn't you tell me I was a Jew? And she said, you never asked. <laughs> well, I mean, what does that tell you? So a lot of people know. That don't mean that you're going to change just because you know who you are. It's just an identity crisis. Uh, that's why Christ, before, uh, I'm going to let you go, Eric. That's why Christ said, what profit are you being a Jew by bloodline if you're breaking the laws? So you might as well be a Gentile. So that's the same thing you're saying technically, sis. Yeah, we know we Jews, but that don't mean that you're not, that a lot of people are not going to be wicked. 
you got some people that generally just wicked people. They like to see other people suffer. They like to dwell among evil. That's just man. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. You can sit there and cry your face you turn purple. There's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can oh. do is pray for them. Uh, look what they did. Look what they did to Christ. That was his own brethren. I that Philippian scripture earlier today for a reason. He did not have to come down here and deal with us. But he dealt, he dealt with us to show us that he took himself, he didn't find a robbery to make himself a man, to be in the flesh, to dwell amongst us, to teach us the way to come back to the Father. And, and, and we, that still shows him, you. we still denied him. Yeah. And that shows you. And still denying him. He knew that they, that they hated him, but he loved Israel so much that he still died. Get that scripture you got on that, and we're going to go to something else, and then we're going to jump back to Genesis. But I just want to show Rose is that the problem is that there's a misconception, I think, what we have to fix. There's a big misconception about Israelites. People think that because you left the church or Islam or whatever doctrine you was learning, and that now that you know you're an Israelite, that this thing, this walk was going to be peaches and cream, and that we always going to be wearing white with garment, with, with raiments. Trust me, sis, we all been there, done that. It ain't. It's not. That's not the type of party. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm going to tell you this, but this is what it really is. And you, the problem is, is that you guys are newbies, so you're going through the beginning stages of knowing you're a Hebrew. We don't. I don't been there, done that already. I don't sat there and cried out. You know, seeing brothers debate and argue and fight, cuss each other out. I don't been there, done that. You just getting into this fold. So it, it seems like it's crazy to you, but for us, we used to this already. Because you know why? There's a certain there's certain precepts in the scriptures that say this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Christ said that there was this was going to happen. He said that we're going to he's going to separate the wheat from the tars. Yeah, the sheep from the goats. That's all prophecy, sis. So it's okay to feel the way you feel because you're just a newbie. But as you get more seasoned and salt and get weaned on the milk, you are going to learn this is all prophecy, sis. The righteous Israelites versus the wicked Israelites. Eric, bring it, bring up that scripture, Eric. Well, I'm just going to write quick. Y'all don't, y'all can just write it down. You ain't got to go to it. Matthew 7 and 14, it says, Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find. So what he's saying is, he said, the kingdom is not for everybody. Everybody ain't going to make it to the kingdom. And we know there's plenty of scriptures. In the New Testament, where Paul talks about neither fornicators nor adulterers nor whoremongers will be able to enter into the kingdom of the Most High. We know that. We know there's a lot of scriptures on that. So everybody is not going to want to give up fornication. Everybody is not going to give up whoremongering, lusting, or whatever it is that, that's going to negate you from entering into the kingdom. Everybody's not going to make it. And then also I want to add, in Matthew 1 and 21, he says that Christ came to save his people from their sins. That was the whole purpose of why the Father sent Christ. He, came, he sent him to die Israel, to be an example for Israel. Christ is our example. He's our Savior. And to go with what Matthew 7 and 14 just say, you notice it says, which leadeth unto life. Christ mm-hmm. said that, that I'm the way the truth, and the life. 
No man coming to the Father but by me. So in order to get to the Father, in order to please the Father, you have to go through Christ and you have to be like Christ. That's the that's that's what you should fo- that's what all of us should focus on right right now. Even people that just came into the truth. I've been in the truth six years. I'm still learning. But I keep in mind that Christ is the key. You know, he told the disciples, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. So Christ is the answer for Israel. That's what I want to do. God, so um, like I said, we're going to get those scriptures that Eric is bringing out. I was actually going to get into that on my second part when we're going to talk about the spirit. But um, it's all, you know, all praise to the Father. I mean, the, the, the spirit just lets it out. So um, I'm going to bring out some scriptures real quick just to talk about what we were saying about our people even hated their own uh, uh, Messiah. Somebody give me John chapter 15, and then somebody give me an Old Testament to show you that this prophecy was fulfilled, Psalm 69 and 4. So somebody give me the Psalm 69 and 4 first. Con. And then, Keith, you can give me the John uh, um, um, 15 and 25. John who? John chapter 15, verse 25. And then, um, Alma, you got the Psalm 69 and 4, sis. Con, we ready? Everybody, Psalm chapter 69, verse 4. Psalm 69 and 4. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies, wrongfully are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. Now, Keith, give me John chapter 15, verse 25. Watch this. Let's see who this was talking about. It said, but this comes to pass, that the word might be fulfilled, that it's written in the law, that hated me without a cause. But when the, when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you for, for, from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you, That's not and right you, okay. It says, as it was fulfilled in the law, we just read in the Torah that it said what? that they hated me without a cause. Well, let me ask uh, you a question. We killed Christ. Did we have a cause to kill him? No. He was innocent. He was innocent. So that just answers well, your question. Kind. So, sis, just to give you an understanding is that these Israelites are going to kill you without a cause. So, you know, like I said, when I first woke up, you know, I thought that, you know, being in the knowledge of who we are, that everybody was going to be singing the same name. I thought everybody was saying Yahweh. Everybody was saying Yahweh Shai. And I got on Facebook. I said, oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I always knew that Yahweh was Yiddish, but we got more to the understanding of, you know, the name and going deeper into the Hebrew. You know, I always thought that everybody was going to be saying the same name. We was all going to be singing the same song. And we all was going to be jumping around doing the chicken noodle soup saying, oh, praise to Yahweh by Shem Yahweh Shai. And guess what? Eh, 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 eh. Mm-hmm. So when I got that wake-up call, I had a decision to make. Now that I'm in awakening of who I am, am I going to take the red pill again or am I going to take the blue pill? The blue pill is leaving this thing and saying, I'm going to go back to where I was in before because this is just not for me. Or the red pill is saying, you know what? I realize that who I am 
But now I need to start studying to find out why these brothers and sisters acting the way they are. And when you start reading more, you'll start understanding that this was all prophesied from the beginning. Uh, so let's go back to Psalms chapter 51. If anybody else, any um, Rose, are you clear with that, sis? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to Psalm chapter 51, verse 1. Kind. And we're going to start Psalm. with verse 8, sis. At verse 8? Yeah, 51, right. 1 through 8. Psalm 51, and at verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Now, and stop real quick, this. Now, why uh-huh. is David saying his prayer? He already sinned. With the sin, so that's what I'm trying to show you, Rose, is that this is why he finds favor in us, because David's heart is not wicked. Mm-hmm. If it was wicked, he wouldn't be praying right now. Kind. So, sis, I just want to rewind back for just for, for teaching's sake to show you what kind of prayer David is saying to the Father because his heart is not wicked. His, fa- his heart is loving for the Father. He's not wicked at all. So he's asking the Most High to get those evil things out of his heart. Mm-hmm. You got Israelites that just, they ain't like, they never gone. Just as wicked as could be. Keep reading, go read it, start it again, sis. Have mercy upon me, O Most High, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly for mine iniquities, and cleans me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is before, ever before me. Stop right there, sis. He okay. said, I acknowledge transgression. What does that mean, y'all? He knows. He, he, he knows. He's admitting his um, sins to the Father. Hmm? He's not hiding it. So, is this like the, the, the mind of an evil man or a righteous man? If we have time, Psalms 18, he crying out like that too. Time. Keep going, sis. And at verse 4, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judges, behold, I have shopping in iniquity. I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Hold on right there. Stop right there, uh-huh. sis. Uh-huh. Now, this is uh-huh. one reason why we're not going to go into the virgin birth story, but this is the scripture that I was telling everybody to really pay close attention to. He says, I was doing what? Read that again, sis. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In sin did my mother conceive me. So King David was in sin being conceived by his mother, and what is his lineage? Oh, sinful. You see? And we all know that Christ wasn't a sinful man. 
So that's one scripture. If you really get into the understanding of the Hamashiach being prophesied, you know, this is one scripture that shows you that a man, even a born of the mother's womb, is of sin. That's how deep David went with the father, to show him that since I was conceived out of my mother's womb, I was of sin. Mm-hmm. Key reading, sis. And at six, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with his thought, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Not right there. Now, hallelujah. Now, I want you to really listen to that prayer that David just said to the Father. This is why David was never, uh, David could never stay in his flesh. Because why? Every time he would sin, he would go right back to prayer. Mm-hmm. So this is how we done with the spirit versus the flesh. His flesh would do um, sins and iniquity, but yet his heart was so loving to the Father that he would get on his knees and pray. Ask the Father to, 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 to purge him, cleanse him, change him, do all these righteous things to him so he can stop sinning. So, but he called upon the Spirit because he could not do it his, on his own. He mm-hmm. was in a world of sin. He was conceived in sin. And he knew he had to go to the Father to to take these things away from him. And by doing so in trust and faith and walking in the spirit of what the Father was giving him, he sinned lesser and lesser. So it, when he when he bit of the fruit after the first transgression and he prayed, when he tasted it and he 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 knew that it was good, he continued in it. My sisters, anybody want to say something before we keep going? Give me um, sis. Give me um, Proverbs chapter twenty-one, verse two. Proverbs chapter 22, and at verse 2? 21, 21 and 2, sis, 21 and 2. 21 and 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. You see? So to a man, we can't do wrong in our own sight. we always right. we always righteous. We're not sinning. But the Father looks for the heart. Did the flesh deceive you? So that's why when you said, sis, how could these brothers be in the truth and still be so wicked? Because their flesh is lying to them. Read that again, Alma, so she can hear this about the camps. Or not just the camps, Proverbs, Israel as a whole. Okay. At Proverbs 21 and at verse 2, every way of man is right in his own eyes. But the the most high partners, the heart. See? So these brothers thinking they own, or sisters, it could be whoever, because I'm not going to just pick on the kings, because this goes for all Israel. Anytime yes. you see Israel acting up, like I said, the scriptures tell you, in his own mind, in his own heart, he think he's right. 
So you can sit there and put all these scriptures to correct them. If anybody was on the court earlier, you just read in Jeremiah they don't want correction. So now you just right. got two precepts together. They don't want correction and they think they're right. So you're not going to win. Uh, so they're so blotted out by their own uh, um, heart, they can't see the love, the wickedness that they're doing. They think they're right. right. So when you tell them they're wrongdoing, they look at you like you're the enemy. You're not. They're not the problem. You're the problem. All right. And 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 the scripture does say, "He that don't have the spirit of Christ is none of his." And that can be his for life too. Mm-hmm. That's that. Now that's heaven. That especially goes for Israelites. Yeah. I guess the scriptures is trying to let you know. I you know you Israel, but if you ain't got the spirit, you ain't got nothing to do. With it. That's a hard pill to swallow for some of them. They probably afraid of that scripture. They don't like it. I'm sorry, guys. Linda's still on the call. Yeah, I'm here. She's there. Yeah, I'm here. All right, Karen, because I just I got the message now, sis. I'm sorry. No, you're all right. So does anybody understand that? With the Lord, this is why it unrolls. Why these Israelites can't see their wickedness? They think they right. So does that make sense to you, sis? Yes, it does. It's just it does. When you that wicked, trust me, uh, I mean let's 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 just take our mind away from the truth. Let's just talk about when we was just regular Christians or whatever 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 ideology you was following. Look back at them days. You tell me that when you walk outside, people don't think they're right all the time? Mm. Look at your family. How many times you argue with somebody, they, they was wrong as I don't know what, and they will sit there and argue to their face turn purple they night? Mm. Think about it, y'all. Something so simple, and they wouldn't even admit that they're wrong. And they'll sit there and come at you and say, you're the enemy. So that's their heart. Their heart is telling them that they're right. But they are. Now, now, Quan, remember when we went to Jeremiah, right? It said that the heart Quan. is equally and desperately wicked, right? And then the next verse says, who can know it? So don't, we don't even know. We don't Only even the know. Most know. <laughs> the question says, who can know it? You can say, baby, I love you. You can tell your wife, oh, I love you, baby. You my baby. I'll never cheat on you. And the next day, mm-hmm. You're in the bed with somebody else. Yep. And your heart fooled you the whole time. Yep. Your heart is desperately wicked. You told, you convinced yourself that you would never cheat. And the next right. thing you know, you're in the bed the next night with somebody else. Because your heart wicked as hell. That's, yeah. that's, that's Israel. I, that's Israel, fam. That's all Israel. Whether you're in the but, truth or you're still asleep. That's just human beings, period. That's why okay, I took back to Genesis real quick. Sorry, sis. I took you out of Genesis because Genesis showed you before we was even the 12 tribes. We was wicked before we even got tribe names. Mm-hmm. Come on. This was before Jacob was even born, y'all, and the most I destroyed the world. Well, you have to have a thirst and a hunger for it. And uh, when we look at Psalms, uh, if y'all would go to Psalms 42, the first two verses tell 
what uh, the heart is saying and what it does. When you thirst and you hunger for him, it says in that verse 1, as the heart or deer panteth after the waters, the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O most high. My soul thirsteth for the most high, for the living Yah. When shall I come and appear before God? So we thirst and we hunger, but it's after righteousness and it's in our heart. And we've we've been doing it in so many ways, but he's bringing it to us, the fulfillment of it, because it's there. We we long for him. We thirst for him. We're like a a deer that's running toward the waters to taste of his goodness. So it's, it's automatically in your heart. We don't have to worry about it. Because we are simply uh, conceived, the world and the dirt that we walk upon is corrupted. But it's something in our heart that when we cry out unto the Most High, He shows compassion and long suffering. He sways with us. Right. Sometimes I wonder why did he choose us. Huh? What did you say, Doc? Sometimes I wonder why did he choose us. That's why I said, you know, you have to look at your heart. That's why I told you. He said he searches the heart. I'm not speaking from him. He's talking what he does. It's not about everybody in this conference call that it's something in your heart that he loves. I make that up. So you don't see it because see we're looking at our flesh, how we our flesh is cause our sin, the way we talk to each other, the way we disrespect each other, the things that we don't do right. The most I said, look, I'm looking past that. It's something in your heart that he found favor to say, you know what, I'm gonna choose you to wake up and my people back. Teach them the truth, this word. Because you know why? There's something about your spiritual this train. Stay on it. No matter how hard it is, no matter how bad and filthy it is, you're not going to give up. A lot of people are not going to stay on this train in these last days. A lot of people are going to be jumping off with no parachutes. Mm-hmm. Tell you. And you see it now. You're on Facebook, you see somebody on Facebook in January, February 1st, they're going. Put back in the chemist. Some other religion. They can't do it. 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 So let me try to, I times, let me just try to speed this up a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to rush the most high's word, but if Tom, if Tom permits too late, we're just going to do a two part song. Uh, um, we're just going to make this a two-part thing, and i just finish up tomorrow because um, it's, it's a lot of stuff I want to cover. Um, let's go to Psalms 118. We're going to jump back to Psalms 118 again. I want to go to verse 8. Keep that. Psalms 118. 
Psalms chapter 118, verse 8. Did I get that same comment? Con. What's that? 118 verse 8. Uh-huh. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is for the ladies. Huh? This, this scripture right here is for the ladies. You want me to read it, Laquan? It's for all Israel. But this one right here I picked particularly because I know a lot of stuff is going down in Israel with the women. But go ahead, go ahead and read it, Rose. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Now, why uh. do you guys think it took you out here? And why I said this is for ladies? I didn't hear what you said. Did you hear me? Yeah, I didn't hear what you asked. I was saying is that why do you guys think I took you here? And I said that this scripture is particularly, I chose this for the ladies. Because a lot of women think that they have to depend on a man to follow the most high, not realizing they don't need a man to follow the most high. All they need is the spirit to be guided to follow the most high. Con. And a lot, of, a lot of ladies think that a man <clears throat> is going to hold them by their hands and, and lead them in the right path, but 99.99%, that's wrong. Uh, a man will lead them. A man will lead them in the wrong path. First of all, you shouldn't depend on any type of man, whether it's female or male. And more than that, if a man be a liar, and the word of God is the truth. Can you go, sis? Shoot, I'm trying to lead my wife in a good direction. <laughs> Keep working. Keep praying. <laughs> it come. He say you first, and the rest shall follow. But he wants you. Um, so I just want to bring out that verse 8 real quick because I start to see a lot, on, especially on Facebook or social media, a lot, even in the group. You know, I've been a part of a lot of groups. I'm still, I've got a couple other groups I'm still a part of, and I see this all the time where women trust in men versus the father. God. And that's a big problem in Israel because they want somebody to hold their hand to the throne, and it don't work like that. So this is why the flesh is weak. You guys, you, you, you're so spiritually drawn in the flesh to that man that you want him to give you everything. So that when he teaches you a false doctrine, this is why these women get hooked. The same thing. You trust in the man, you're not trusting in the father. That's another reason why it goes to us about these different religions. Nobody wants to open up the Bible and read it and get out of their flesh. They want to follow me. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Time. Everybody get this. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Time. Eric, you want to read this one up? He said he couldn't read, right? You said you said which one? Isaiah chapter sixty um, sixty four verse six. 
What verse? Uh, cha- chapter 64, verse 6. Bless. Thank you. Okay, Isaiah 64, verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquity like the wind, have taken us away. Mm-hmm. Mm. Keep going. I... Uh, and Verse there seven. is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. But thou hast hid thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our iniquity. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, and we are all the work of thine hand. Be not wroth very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are all thy people. Thy holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and our beautiful house, where our fathers praised thee, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will thou refrain thyself from these things, O Lord? Will thy will thou hold thy peace and afflict us very sore? Hallelujah. So let's go to um. We're gonna to go to the New Testament. Um, Alma, give me um Romans chapter eight, and we're gonna read from verse one through fourteen. I want you to see where we're going with this thing. Romans chapter eight, verse one through fourteen. I'll, I'll pick her up at seven. Uh-huh. Come on, so um, <laughs> six, stop at seven. Um, stop at six, and then keep a pick up at seven. Okay. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, y'all. And we're going to read all the way down to 14. Everybody get it, say con. Go ahead, sis, bring it up. Romans chapter 8 and at verse 1. There is, therefore... Now, no condemnation to them which are in Yahawashah, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life is in Yahawashah, Hamashiach, mm-hmm. hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The Most High sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Stop right there, says that, Keith. Con, because the carnal mind is an enemy, enmity against God. Against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye not. Hold on, quick. I want everybody that's really into this thing about the flesh. Listen to these scriptures. Read that again. I'll start at verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is none of his. If you ain't got the spirit of Christ, you are not a Jew. That's what he just told you. Keep going. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is, of, is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that rises up, Jesus, from the dead, dwell in you, he that rises up, Christ, from the dead, shall also quicken your your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. Huh. Therefore, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See? Yes. Now, what does the word Yasharala mean? Israel. But what does Israel mean? What's the definition of Israel? Principality. Huh? I thought Yasharala means principality. What does Judah mean? Sons of God. Praise God. Now, I want to go back to Israel. Israel means sons of God. Look it up. You said what? It means? It means means exactly what you just read. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So when you go to Hebrew, you're going to find that Israel means sons of God. Because that's what he called us. That's what Israel means. He called the sons of God. That's why he said, my people are called by my name. Yeah. That's what he's showing you. When you follow in the spirit, you are a Jew. This is why we know who we are, because we got led by the spirit to this thing. That's what I'm trying to show you. Right. That's right. Come on. We didn't find out who he was by playing knick-knack paddywhack. Right. That's why Paul said um, that our spirit bear witness with his spirit that we are the sons of the most High. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's people you know, when you go to the root word of this thing, it's not only about prince of power, but it also means you're sons of God. That's how we know who we are, because we got led by the Spirit. Oh, so, okay. 
It was both. No, I didn't say he was wrong. Like, I'm just showing you just a deeper meaning to it than just this uh, uh, Prince of Power. Right. So that's how you understand is that everybody that's on this journey now, we got this walk because why? It says for many you are led by the spirit of the Most High. The spirit of the Most High drew you to be awakened. That's how you become the sons of God. So we're going to turn back. Go ahead, sis. No, I'm just going to say that it's not by power nor might or anything we could have done. It's spirit. It's spirit. And it is that you from the depths of your heart have cried out. And because your cry have been heard to him, he's answering you and showing you this is the way. This is the light. Walk ye in it. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. So now, let's, I'm going to bring up some more precepts, and then we're going to go into some stories that I want you to read, because there's some famous people in the Bible that got led by the flesh and led to their downfall. So we're going to jump to, uh, before we get into those stories, let's go to Psalm chapter 51 again, and we're going to read 10, and thir- 10 through 13. Let's jump back to Psalm 51. Psalm chapter 51, verse 10 to 13. Kai. I want you to listen to this one. Alvin, you can bring this out, sis. Okay, 51 and at verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O Yah, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then Will I teach, teach transgressors the ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Stop right there, sis. I, did I hear what, you, what she just read? Mm-hmm. In order for you to be able to teach sinners how to be converted, you have to go through something. There's what? That's a purging. A purging. You have to go through a cleansing. Before he even put, see, this is very important, y'all. You got a lot of Israelites that's not going through a purging process. And this is why you have a lot of brothers and sisters that call themselves teachers, and they're not. Because in order for you to be a good teacher, also we know you have to be a good student, but you have to go through a process. Uh, I'm going to read that again for me, sis, at, at 10. Look at this 51, process. 51 and at 10. Creating me a clean heart. Oh, you have y'all. to go through a clean heart process, y'all. This is how you renew, your Keep going, go And renew a right spirit within a me. A right spirit. Keep going. 
Cast not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and and uphold me with thy free spirit. You see? So this is a process. So if you don't go through this process, how are you going to be able to teach others to stop sinning? Uh, how are you going to somebody to get out their flesh if you're still in your flesh? True. So after you go through this process, what happens in verse 13? It says, read 13. Then you, then you can do something. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners. They use Psalms 58 and 1 to go out there and scream at people. Well, guess what? We got a problem because before we even get to Psalms, uh, uh, before we even get to Isaiah 58 and 1, we got to deal with Psalms first. And in order for you to even deal with Isaiah 58 and 1, you got to get cleansed. Y'all Negroes ain't cleansed. You can't teach transgressors if you ain't taught them to stop being a transgressor. Time. Read that 13 again, says before we keep going. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. <clears throat> now, that's the only way you're going to bear good fruit, is by following this process. Because now that you got purged, and you got the renewal of the mind, and you left that flesh, then the Lord could come into you, give you the spirit of Christ, that you can go out there and teach everybody else to follow Christ. But you got to get purged first. Give me um, Proverbs chapter 3. Keep you can bring this out. Uh, 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 um, Eric, you, you still there, I? Yeah, but I'm doing something now. I can't read right now. All right, come on. Um, 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 Keith, give me um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. All right. I'm there. Everybody uh, give me, give, get a chance to get it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, you know. Uh, <clears throat> read read, through, um, read um, um, 5 and 6, all right? Come on, bring it on now. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He shall direct your paths. Hallelujah. But you got to trust in him. You got to trust in him that you're going to go right back to what King David said, Lord, purge me. Get me out of my flesh so I can't do the things that a sinner does. Verse 7, too, uh, Read out. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You see? Be not wise in your own eyes. What did we just read before that? When a man goes on his own heart, he's a fool. That's right. So this is the process that we got to go through or go through to get us out of our flesh to be righteous with the spirit. 
And this is why we're not getting to that part of us because we're not following the simple process. Because we know why? We're not praying for it. You can't do it on your own. If you think you're going to wake up and you're going to be brand new by yourself, good luck. You have to pray. Ask the Father, Lord, purge me. Get me out of my evil heart and cleanse me to give me the renewal of the mind that you have, that your son has, so I can go out there and wake up Jacob. And our people can stop doing this folly. So I can show them the ways of righteousness. So every time I speak, people want to draw to me because they know that the things that I speak is all righteous and my heart is clean. Son? Uh, Let's go to um Proverbs chapter four. And we're gonna start at verse twenty. You can um keep you already brought it out, so keep reading uh, four chapter um chapter four verse twenty. We're gonna read all the way down to twenty seven. Listen to this. This is all uh, connecting to the process of us being renewed in the mind to get out of that flesh. Mm-hmm. Verse twenty. My son. Attend to my words, incline thy ear to my sayings. Let let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto the those that, that find them, and health to that slacketh. For for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thy let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Follow the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove the foot from evil. You see? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all a process, y'all. To get rid of the flesh. And the only way you're going to do that, you just have to do what? You have to study now. So he's showing you now, the last part we was reading, you was praying. Now you got to study. Because the way, how do you know you have to study? Verse 20, attend to my words. How you hear the most size word if you don't study? Climb the air to my saying. Come on. This is how we get up out of our flesh. It's a process. So we have to follow these guidelines. That's why this book was written for us, to follow simple guidelines to get us back to being perfect. Give me um, Psalms chapter 34, and we're going to start at verse 14. We're going to read from 14 to 22. Psalms chapter 34. We'll start at verse 12. I'm sorry, verse 14. 14? Yeah, Psalms chapter 34, verse 14. Uh And what y'all listen to this? Bring it out, sis. Psalms. 
chapter 34 and at verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Most High are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. You see that? The, okay. okay. The Most High is what? Read that again, sis. The eyes of the Most High are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. You see, he hears your cry. But for ones that the ones that got a what? They don't have a wicked heart. They got a what? They got a righteous heart because they've been purged. Keep going, sis. And at 16, the face of the Most High is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, the Most High heareth and delivereth them out of all their trouble. The Most High is nigh unto them that are of the broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Most High delivereth him out of, uh, out of all of them. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Most High redeemeth the soul of his servant. And none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now we're going to jump to the New Testament. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to get some, uh, some more meat in this thing. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's see what Paul said. I know it's getting late. It's 11 o'clock. Everybody still there? I don't know nobody snoring on me, right? Yeah. <laughs> This flesh is deep, so we're going to get an understanding. We've got to get all understanding about this flesh. There we go, Kai. Everybody get to 5, verse 13. We're going to read all the way down to 6. Ah. Everybody get it. Kai. Of brethren, ye have been called to liberty. Only use not liberty for the occasion to flesh, to the flesh, but by the love serve one another. To all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one another. This, this I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Read that again? Can you read read that all of that again when you said devour one another? Man, that's uh-huh. that. Bring your, right, come on, go back. Rewind it for him. Rewind it. Let's wake up, y'all. Let's go. We get some popcorn now. Yeah. Okay. I'm at 15. It says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm. For the flesh, lust. Huh? I'm noticing that he capitalizes spirit, 
So we know he's speaking of the Most High himself. Because uh. he, he put a, a proper name on that. He said, <laughs> this I say, then walk in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And ye shall not fall. You know, it, it, you'll be fulfilled. Uh, you won't have the lust for the flesh. If you're walking in the spirit, you got to follow the Father. You got to walk that He wants you to walk. We can't go out here all with and nilly, doing like we've been doing. The old man got to come up and the new man come out. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell him, Alma. Tell him, Alma. I just got a little excited. That's all. Y'all go ahead. Go ahead. I got excited. I got excited when he said, "Don't devour one another." Uh huh. Because that's what that's what that's what Israel is doing to one another. Uh-huh. Now, Rose, does that answer your question, sis? That's what we doing. We we devouring one another. Mm-hmm. What do you mean about devouring? That means what we're destroying each other. Met- metaphorically eating each other, destroying each other. You yeah, destroying each other, making each other feel bad, making each other yeah. feel inadequate, using one another. You say sleeping, sleeping you with say, one another, anything simple. That's what we're doing to each other. You see, it say, "Take heed that you be not consumed one another." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's taking over by it. So, and what he's saying in sixteen is that if you put on the spirit, when you come up against this stuff. Automatically, you know the word because you enter the word, and you're going to use that word to lift you up and keep you. you it's going to be like a shield of armor, a protection. You know the way these cats going ain't the way they're supposed to be going, so you're going to walk in it. You're going to walk in the fruit of the spirit. You're going to stay in the word. So that's that. That's when. The good and the bad fall off because they hey they they work together for for the goodness of those who love the Lord, but not to saying that you can continue in your bad way, but by knowing the good way, it'll keep you from falling with the rest of the world. You'll stand because you're standing on every word of the Most High Spirit. So it's a good thing. Ooh wee. I'm I'm antique. Y'all know I'm antique, so I get a little excited. We got and a lot of people. A lot of people aren't walking in the spirit, and that's why their flesh is destroyed. Yes, and that, that's how you see them. That's, that's how, how you know. They they, they lust and after the flesh. Right. <laughs> it's just the spirit tells you. That's what Eric was saying. When you walk in the spirit. You would never want to. You would never want to devour your brother. That's right. All right. That's like when you, in the streets we say in his career. That should never be said. That's a wicked ass saying. It's a lot of combat. Finish him. <laughs> it's a lot of brothers and sisters that I ran into in the truth, and when I show them love of Christ, they'd be like, "Wow, thank you, brother." Because <laughs> they they not getting it from everybody. You're right. They used to be in a war mode. They used to be in, in, in defense mode with everybody. Right. They're like, shalom, brother. Thank you. 
I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, you're welcome, brother. Like that's, but this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be helping to one another. That's what the scripture says. Like. That's the problem, man. We're not showing. We're not following the book. But we're following the lust. But we're following the lust of the heart. And man, that's the problem. Yeah. Hey, he he said the greatest commandment is that ye love one another. Yep. Oh, there's not a lot of that going on. Well, we're going to start getting that romance back, Rose. Because in the Old Testament, the Israel would be against each other, but when it came to us fighting against other nations, we came together. We was mad in the morning, but when it came to when we had to come against somebody, we came together. We're not doing that right now. Fine. Because this we remember, we we always fought in the scriptures, but we came yeah. together. And that just shows that we brothers and sisters because what does brothers and sisters do? If you got any anybody who got siblings, all you do is fight. Yeah. Well. And Keith, go back to that real quick, because right? I want you I want you to you think you got joy now. Watch me keep going. Keep reading, Art. Right? I'm at seventeen. For the for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary. To, these are contrary the one to to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Ah, mm. you see that? Mm. That's mm. why you can't do things you're supposed to on, on rows, because they con- they contradict each other. That's right. Do you know? You're not doing the things that you're supposed to do because of that that lust and the things that you want to do. You got it in your mind, but yeah, that lust telling you no. Keep going. I watch this. Bring it out. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Look. Lasciviousness. Okay, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revealing, and such such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You stop real quick. Now, Eric, why do you think when you showed them brothers love, they couldn't handle it? Because they don't know about this part right here with Paul said. Right. Now, you notice he says, these are the works of the flesh. Yep. These are the things that's in your flesh right now. Right now. Think about that, man. That's, oh. Keep it up. 23. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that, they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the, the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in, walk in the spirit. 
If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envy one another. Whoa, we got a lot of envy going on in Israel. Yeah, we got a lot of vain glory too. Oh, and strife. We got a lot of pride too. Oh. It starts to seem to me like we got a lot of problems, y'all. Right, and we just looking over it and just stepping over it like it ain't there. Because right. people okay with it. Mm-hmm. But the most high ain't okay with it, and he sees and, it. That's why he's written you, in the and book. And you know what, too? The people that's, that's sitting in these camps ain't okay with it either. They, you got brothers that are suffering every, every Sabbath. They don't like so what they see. That's, that's, you know, that's like us. It's like one out of ten. You got to look at everybody else. Everybody else got the same spirit because of the teachings that they learned from who they learned it from. There's spirits behind teachings, too. Man, that's you heavy, bro. That's heavy what you just said, brother. Man. The, the, spirit, the spirits behind teachings. So you, you see people out here angry, out here snapping when they're teaching or they're trying to get their point across. They, they learned that from somewhere. You know, that came from somewhere. All right. What we're going to do is, um, because, like I said, because of time consuming and I know everybody has to work, um, I'm going to stop the recording at 1130, so I'm going to bring out these last two um, stories, and we're going to save this as part one. And then we're going to finish off the part two either tomorrow or whenever, um, you know, um, everybody's available to come on and we'll build again. But I definitely want just to get this part out of the way so guys so everybody on the call has an understanding of what we're dealing with with the flesh and the and the, uh, the spirit. So um, anybody had anything to say? Because I'm going to go to this next story real quick. This is a deep story in the Bible. All right. My man on the call knows about the story about Samson and Delilah. Of course. I just thought he had long hair and she cut it. All right, well, that's not the whole story, but I mean, do you know the story? What's the story of Samson and Delilah? I have no idea. Okay, well, guess what? That's beautiful because now we're going to read it. So anybody want to be one of my good readers, we're going to read Samson and Delilah, and you're going to find out what flesh or what lust does to a man, to a woman. Even you, even being the most highest person or most highly favored person of the Lord, you can still lose your way by by a woman's lust or by lust of the flesh. All right, then. everybody. We're gonna to go to Judges in the Old Testament, chapter sixteen, and we're gonna read verses one through nineteen. So I need everybody to bear with me. I say, look what Reuben did. You know that. You know that lust is crazy. Con. Judges chapter sixteen, verse one through nineteen. So whoever get it, just on. We're gonna get this a con, and we're gonna bring it out.
This goes for both male and female. Does well, it not? Don't worry, Rose. We're not picking on y'all. No, I'm just no. I'm just saying both, both in general. Not. I mean, I know you're not. This is. I know what you're saying, but you know, I think it, it goes both ways. I don't know the story, but I got an idea what the story is about. Even though this is, even though the story is about a man falling for a woman, that spirit could go any. It could go any way. That's just showing you what happened of being tempted by the flesh versus you keeping fast by the Most High's law. That's what I meant. And what verse you said started? We're going to start verse 1. It says chapter 16, verse 1, and we're going to stop at 19. We're going to read this story for everybody that's never, that's heard about it but don't know too much about it, the story of Samson and Delilah. Con. Who you want to bring it out? Be my guest. I'll do it. Judges, Judges 16 and at verse 1. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went into her. And it was told that Garzites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in, in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night saying, in the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And at three, and Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, barring all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass afterwards, he loved a woman, the body of Ruth, whose name was Delilah. And the, Lord, and the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him. If anybody doesn't know the story about Samson, and you started a chapter, um, we're not going to go into it, but if you want to read it on your own time, you can read Judges chapter 14, and you're going to find out what Samson was. Samson was an Israelite that liked to deal with heathens. He had sex. His wife was a heathen, and Mm -hmm. his women he dealt with was heathens. And this was a time when the Philistines ruled over the Israelites. So when you look at the story about Samson, he loved African women. And mm-hmm. his parents, his mother, actually went against him for doing it, and he didn't care. So what the story was up to this time is that he married an African woman, and the father wasn't happy about it. Her father of the African woman wasn't happy. So she gave her away to a Philistine. So what happened was when he came back, um, he, uh, he, to get back at the Philistine or the father, he did something to them. So to get back at him, they burnt, they killed his family. So yeah. Samson was an Israelite man that had a lot of strength. He was basically your black Hercules in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So because the Philistines couldn't defeat this one man, they said, okay, fine. We got something for him. 
he finally found a woman his desire that's of our nation again. So because this woman is so beautiful, we're going to use her to find out where all his strength comes from. So this is a story that you're going to read of that um, I was reading to get everybody just to jump up real quick of what's going on with this story. This man finds a woman named Delilah that's very beautiful, and he's dealing with her. And um, Alma's going to read how she's going to keep um, asking him over and over and over, where do you get your strength from that we can't beat you? And he's going to basically start playing semantics up until the time that he finally gives his answer. So go ahead and read, sis. I just want to bring that out. And at verse 5, And the Lord of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein is his great strength, Elias, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to inflict him, and we shall give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, if, the, if they bind me with seven green widths that were never dry, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the whips, and a thread of tow is broken when it is touched the fire. So his strength was not known. <clears throat> and at ten, and Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If I bind me fast with the new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes, and bound him therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and there were, and they, there were liars in wait, abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Tell me, wherewith? Thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web, and she fastened it with the pen, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he, wake, he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, Canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast sparked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great 
strength, alliance. Now, hold on real quick, sis. So basically what's going on is what I was telling you is that she pretty much asked him three times, where do you get your strength from? But he's not giving in to her as of yet. He's basically just playing around with her, basically saying, okay, this is what I do. So she's, the funny thing about it is showing you that man could be so enticed by the spirit of flesh that she set him up already in the past, and he still found it to be a joke. That's right. She had the men in the chamber every time that she would get him, and she would call on them, and he would jump out the bed and go basically beat the bricks off him. So he found it a joke. But she wasn't joking. Her, her whole vendetta, her whole agenda was that she got paid to do a job. That's right. So no matter how long it was going to take, her mission was to basically find out, listen, I got money to make. Listen, I got to find out no matter what I got to do to this man, he going to tell me where his strength comes from. He read it, sis. And at 16, and it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was fixed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto the Most High from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And at 18, and when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the Lord of the Philistine, saying, Come up this once, for he has shown me all his heart. Then the Lord of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand, and she made him asleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she Stop said, right Stop right right. So now, what did verse 19 say? It said that she finally got him to lay up on her lap, and basically she cut off his locks. Huh. Now, how did we get from Samson telling her or playing games while mocking her to him actually letting her cut off his locks? He stayed in the lust. He didn't repent of it. Exactly. She used her, her body. <laughs> Tyson, here you go, Rose. Yes. What tribe was would you say, I, I couldn't hear you. I said, what tribe is uh, Samson from? He's a Nazarite. Okay. I don't know. what I can't remember what tribe he's from. I, I got to do some more research. But I do know he did take the Nazarite oath. He's an Israelite. I just don't remember yeah. what tribe he's from. I think he's a Benjamite, right? He could be a Benjamite because I know that's one reason why the Benjamites grow locks, because of that Nazarene oath. If you guys got Google, you can look it up. It'll probably tell you exactly what scripture to go yeah, to. I'm going to look at it in my Zondervan. Like, anybody got a Zondervan? I, I got my Zondervan, but it's not with me. Where's that, man? Okay. So it's a whole. No, he was from the tribe of Dan. He's a Danite? Yeah, he was a Danite. Oh, I guess he was I guess he was one of the good Danites. He wasn't wicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we all know Dan fell off. 
But I think I think one of the uh, I think the book of Dan said rem, a little a, a little remnant of Dan will come back. Yeah, it does. It tells you in Ezekiel that Dan was going to come back. Mm-hmm. That these Israelite kids teach that Dan is going forever. That's all because prophecy tells you that Dan is going to come back. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said, man, you know, you got to read this thing and you know follow the scripture versus man. But I brought this out to show you guys that when you follow the flesh, a man that had Hercules strength that killed, I mean, if you keep reading this story, he killed over a 1,000 men with a jawbone of a donkey. I mean, who, who could do that in today's world? No one. He's basically saying that he killed a 1,000 men with his bare hands. Yeah. Think about it, y'all. So he allowed himself to lose a special strength to the Lord over a woman. Oh, so that's what he said earlier was that she was giving him some good intercourse. They was having good, you know, sexual intercourse, and it was uh, um, she was basically doing things to him that was enticing him to basically sh- uh, uh, tell his secret. Mm-hmm. She made him weak. Pillow she made him weak. Yes, yeah, she made him weak. Yeah, the pillow talking. Well, <laughs> who said that? Eric. You know I'm a heathen, right? Oh. <laughs> but you, but this is um. I'm gonna just end this recording with saying this is um the 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 flesh versus the spirit part one, and we're gonna end part one here. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.